if you're a bedroom producer and if your bedroom's a bit messy and you got clothes everywhere, that's actually going to add to the sound yes. dampening. <laughs> this is the one time in your life where being messy and uh, making beats in your bedroom pays off. I'm just trying to make beats, mom. Welcome back to the Pickup Music Pod with Sam and Carl. Today, we'll provide you with the tips and tricks to get started recording your guitar at home. So we're going to divide this into two topics today. We're going to talk about gear and then we're going to talk about room setup and treatment. For each topic, we're going to go from budget to mid-level and then pro. So hopefully everybody listening can you know, find their little spot and hopefully help, help you out a little bit. So first of all, big picture question, Sam. Why record yourself and why take the time to have a designated practice space? Yeah, there's two points here uh, which you're touching on. The first one is that space to create, that space to practice guitar and record your, your guitar. And that's so important to to um, think ahead and set up a nice place, even if it's a time, like if it's your living room, you know, one hour on a Saturday afternoon when the family's out or, or your roommates are out or if you're living alone like you, um, just find that time and space to sit down whether it's for an hour or 30 minutes, um, you might get carried away. It might be six hours um, to to record yourself. And the reason why, Carl, we always um, encourage our members to record yourselves is it's actually a great practice tool. It's a way to listen back to yourself, see what's working well, see what's not working well, and really fine-tune everything you're working. And then, of course, recording yourself is great because... You have something which you can share with your friends and family. Mm-hmm. And if you're a beginner and intermediate uh, guitar player, don't be one of those people who, who feel like you can't record yourself, that you're not good enough to record yourself. You're fine as you are. Just record a little 60-second song. It feels really great to go through that process, to share it with others, and to get that feedback. It's a really inspiring and motivating thing, which you can build into your weekly um, guitar practice. Before we even jump in, though, you know, I first will just say everything that we're talking about, start with used gear. You know, that's 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 the ultimate budget op- option for everything that we're talking about. So Reverb and Facebook Marketplace are the two places that I go to uh, the most. And um, you might have gear lying around, so you might not even have to buy anything to start <laughs> recording. There you go. Um, so before we get into computers and interfaces and all that, I will also say that if you have a phone, that's a great place to start if you literally haven't started recording at all. And Sam, GarageBand for iPhone and iPad are amazing. Have you ever tried those? Only on the computer, but that's it, good to hear. On the on the phone, it's amazing. You could do multi-track GarageBand recordings on, on an iPhone or, or an iPad. I do know that the iPhone mic is like really, really good. And it's yeah. almost relatable in a way, like, because we use it so much that when you hear a guitar recorded with it, you're like, ah, that sounds familiar. That's a very good point. And also fun fact with a lot of the producers I'm around here in LA is that often they'll actually use voice memos in released recordings, whether that's in like a nostalgic way, but also just straight out recording on their phone um, with um, and releasing that in the song. And once you get past this phone thing and we jump into this Pandora's box of recording, there's at least five pieces of gear that you're probably going to need. So a computer, an interface, a DAW, and then we're going to talk about mic versus plugins versus modelers, and then headphones versus monitors. So uh, we're not going to get into the weeds with like XLR cables and mic stands and all that stuff. We're, we're not even really counting that today. But So let's get started with computer. So for the budget option, of course, any type of used PC or laptop. 
any brand, anything that you can get your hands on these days that's within even like seven or eight years old is going to work just fine if you're just getting started. Sam, would you agree with that? Yeah, as long as it has USB, um, you're fine. And it's not like video editing where you need a lot of computer power. Um, if you're just doing basic recording without um, fancy plugins, you'll be fine with an old computer. And I'll add um, iPads are super powerful these days and um, you can get GarageBand and other um, DAWs on there as well. Um, so mid-level, I have a friend that has a MacBook Air and he's like... I mean, he's a professional producer, guitar player, but the, the MacBook Air is relatively affordable. And then pro level, of course, you've got like your MacBook Pros and um, all that kind of stuff. Now, interfaces, let's talk about these for a second, Sam. Um, I think probably the go-to budget that's been this way for a long time is the Focusrite, uh, the Scarlett Focusrite. Um, you know, and, and it's not to say that it's not good. There's been plenty of hit records made with these, but they are pretty affordable. Um, the next step up might be something like an Apogee Duet or something from Apogee. And then at the pro level, I would say stuff from Universal Audio. I've used Universal, Universal Audio for many, many years, and they've just been you know, dominant players in the recording game for you know forever, um, bef even back in the analog days, right? But the cool thing is that they also have this new Aero line, which is also budget. And I think this just came out like a year ago or so. But all that great stuff that they have, they make cheap, very cheap options now to compete with, uh, you know, Focusrite and the Apogee. Um, Sam, what are you rocking these days for an interface? Well, I'm using a Focusrite right now. I've had it probably for like 10 years at this point and, you know, just plugs <laughs> in, no software, which I, which I love. Yeah. I had a question, Universal Audio, you have to use their, their uh, software and are you locked into their plugins? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so it is a little bit of a stretch for some people because um, they, they have a line of plugins, but you don't have to use them. So I use it primarily as my interface, which I then use with Logic, and we're gonna talk about DAWs next, but you, you can use their plugins and the benefit of using them is that there's absolutely no latency or very, very little latency because of the software that's built into their hardware, I guess you should, I would say. It's still kind of a, it's like a pro and a budget option, I would say mixed in into one. Another thing that I really like about the UA stuff is that um, when I'm using Zoom or any type of uh, situation with my computer, everything just seems to work nicely um, for all these online calls and things like that for playing guitar directly in. All that stuff really works nicely. Okay, so Sam, let's talk about DAWs here. And I'm sure you have some opinions. What does um, DAW stand for? <laughs> Digital Audio Workstation. Um, so yeah. for entry level stuff, again, we've mentioned GarageBand, Reaper, Fruity Loops, Band Lab. Those are some great options. Um, I don't even really know if there's like mid-level ones that are, I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, they're all kind of, you can create a hit record on pretty much any DAW, right? But the, the three go-to pro ones that come to mind for me are Logic, Pro Tools, and Ableton. Now, um, Logic for me is kind of the, the singer-songwriter, guitarist, modern-day, uh, you know, working musician kind of thing. Jacob pro Collier Tool uses that. Jacob Collier, yeah. Pro Tools is kind of the old dog, tried and true, if you want to be like a professional mixer in a fancy mm -hmm. studio. And then Ableton. Um, Sam, what do you, do you have any thoughts on Ableton or have you ever used that one? 
Yeah, a little bit. And I agree with you. Pro Tools is kind of the legacy one. Ableton for me is the most intuitive and like enjoyable one to use. But I do use Logic because it's like a fixed price and I think it's a little more affordable than Ableton. But most people, producers I, I, um, I work with are usually on Ableton. Also because it has that live component. So if they're bringing those tracks like out on tour, they'll, they'll do that as well. Um, but I think, yeah, between Logic uh, in Ableton, those are, those are both great options. Absolutely. Those are good points. And I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Like Ableton for people that run tracks for live shows, that's, that's kind of the go-to. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. So let's talk about mics versus plugins versus modelers. Um, and the reason why it's like kind of verse is because if you say, if you have plugins, then you might not need a mic and you might not need a modeler. Right. So this is where it kind of, we diverge. If you were going to get a mic, Actually, let's back up. Sam, let's discuss. What would you recommend for somebody that's just getting started? Would it be a mic, a plug-in, or a modeler? Yeah. So I guess this is for a guitar, right? So yeah. if we're thinking electric or acoustic, uh, let's let's say you have an acoustic. Um, so your first option would be just plug it into the Focusrite, if you're like me. Um, and then, yeah, in which case a modeler is, is best. But with acoustics, you can usually get a better sound with a mic. So... If you can, I would encourage you um, to start um, with one of those. Um, now, if you're on electric, yeah, either you're gonna plug into your amp, mic up your amp, but I think there's so many great modeling options um, that you don't need to go through the hassle of annoying your neighbors by cranking your amp up to, to nine and, and, and mic it up. What I always tell people is the Logic Pro amp modelers, and there's even a pedal board feature that's like that serves as a plugin. They're, it's fantastic, and I'm sure you've used some of that stuff as well. But it, it comes with logic and it's just, you can get so much mileage out of just that. Um, the, the pro plugins that a lot of people are using these days, of course, are like near, near old DSP um, and then universal audio stuff as well um, that I mentioned earlier. And then there, there's like the modeling pedals. And I, I recommend the Line 6 Stomp to a lot of people because it has amp modeling, it has multi-effects, any type of effects that you can have, you can make happen with these Line 6 pedals. There's the, the Pod, there's the Stomp, and there's the Stomp XL. So check those out if you're kind of interested in a mid-level. And then for Pro, we have things like the Quad Cortex, which is also made by Neural DSP. Headrush, this is something that Rafa Rodriguez recommended. Hmm. Um, that he's using because he sings also, and it has XLR for a vocal mic as well as your guitar. So you can have all your guitar plugins and vocal plugins as well in the same pedal, which is really cool. Um, and then if you're like an old school old dog, uh, we got the Kemper as well. <laughs> and and I'll just add on to that: the um, getting your modeling through a hardware like a pedal um, has a benefit because you can take that same tone, those same presets. Um, in a live situation, but also get, achieve those same tones at home. So that's why um, something like you say, like the Line 6. I used to use this Zoom H6 Stomp. It was like a hundred bucks and it had like amp modeling and, you know, that thing sounded fine, you know. O often like a, a cheap uh, model pedal will sound just as good as a badly amped uh, guitar yeah. amp. <laughs> that's so true. So true. Okay, let's move on to headphones versus monitors. Again, this is a versus because if you have monitors, you might not need headphones. 
Um, but I would say if you had to go with one or the other as a guitar player, I would go with headphones. There's tons of cheap headphones that you can buy. You don't need to buy anything fancy. You can really get by with, you know, even used headphones. These headphones that I'm using right now are pretty nice, but I bought them used. Nothing, nothing fancy or crazy here. If you did want to go with um, some monitors, I heard that Fender just bought PreSonus and that those are really good for the price. Um, so that's kind of a tip um, for like a mid-level monitor. I've been checking out, hearing a lot of good things about um, the iLoud MTMs. That's M as in Mary, MTM. And the nice thing about those is they come with a little mic that you can put in the center of your room and they'll do this like crazy AI thing that will that will make the speakers sound good in your room, which sounds really cool. And so I've been actually kind of looking into those, but yeah. And then Sam, what about a pro model? I know, I know you have some, some nice Yamahas, I think. Uh, I see a lot of Yamahas um, around by producers. They have um, small models. I think it's the five and the seven. Um, they also yeah. have sub speakers as well, depending on the size of your room. The one thing I would say uh, with monitors is I thought when I'd buy my Yamaha monitors that oh, I'd be making so many sick beats, you know, I'll be producing all the time. But I found myself actually using headphones more. So I wouldn't feel like you have to have like this cool studio with a monitor on the left and the right in order to start recording yourself. No. More often than not, people will record with headphones and they only use monitoring at, at the final stage. Totally. And I've heard quite a few anecdotes of... um amazing producers just producing in the airport with like corded like earbuds uh, not airpods because bluetooth kind of gets a bit you know latency i wouldn't say that you need to spend hundreds of dollars on your headphones great point sam all right so let's talk about the second topic for today room setup and the first question that you have to ask yourself is what do i want to do in this room right so is it just to have an inspiring place to practice do you want to record? Do you want to mix? Do you just want to try to maybe put some treatment on the walls to not, uh, to block some of the sound, you know, so ask yourself that first and then, you know, start digging into your research. Be honest with yourself because you might end up spending way more money than you need to. So I just finished converting a 10 by 12 tough shed into a little home studio kind of space. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about all this stuff and a couple things that I've learned as far as your room setup is you want your desk to be ideally in the center of the room, if possible. You also want to try to get it a little bit off the wall. So it's not just your speakers. If you have speakers, like not just right up against the wall. And you also want to try to have stuff on your walls. Now I did a comparison of, of my room with no treatment and with treatment. Um, so Sam, let me, let me show you what that sounds like. So here's no treatment at all. No treatment. Testing, one, two, three. Close clap, two feet away clap. Strum some E chords. All right, now here's full treatment. And by that, I mean, I have some treatment on the walls, some panels, I have guitars hanging, I have some shells, I have a rug and I have some uh, curtains in the corners. Here is an up-close clap and a far away two-foot clap. Strum some E chords. So now, Sam, I'm gonna show you just the claps so you can hear it back to back. 
So as you can hear, there's a lot less reflections happening in the treated version. Now you can do this very cheaply, like actually having a bed in the room that you're recording is super helpful, I've heard. And if you have curtains, if they're in anywhere on the walls, that's going to be helpful. Those are all like the free options, right? Like most people have a bed. The If you do want to start getting into some budget treatment, the things that I went with are by Prime Acoustic. And it was like the London 8 kit or something. And I got it on sale. I think it was like 250 bucks. And then they just come and you just pop them on the walls and you're good to go. Now, again, this is like if you're considering recording in your room, you want to try to get rid of these reflections of all this stuff bouncing off the walls. Um, and that's with acoustic guitar if you're trying to sing or if you're doing recording of any type, but also if you're trying to mix. Now, mixing in headphones is great, but I think when you start to get past that like semi-pro to fully pro level... Um, you do want to have reference monitors, like Sam was saying, usually at the end, once you think everything is sounding good in your headphones, then you can test it out on your monitors and start to do back and forth from there. Well, the good news I was hearing, Carl, when, when you took me through that, is that if you're a bedroom producer and if your bedroom's a bit messy and you've got clothes everywhere, that's actually going to add to the sound yes. dampening. So <laughs> this is the one time in your life where being messy and uh, making beats in your bedroom pays off. I'm just trying to make beats, mom. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that just about wraps it up for us today, Sam. Well, thanks for tuning in and thanks, Carl, for sharing um, your shed story of turning your little shed there into a really great sounding uh, studio. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us on YouTube. We just dropped our late beginner learning pathway uh, this week, which is taught by Carl. Um, it's a really nice point uh, between being a beginner you know a few open chords and riffs to being that confident intermediate um, guitarist the late beginner pathway is out now and it's going to be changing lives so that's been another pickup music pod thanks for tuning in with sam and carl thanks everyone mm-hmm.